The Johnny O Show is a presentation of Drive On Media. You're going to hell because you didn't eat fish on Friday. Well, I mean, you can't get Estes in the wintertime when you're supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Highlighter don't cut it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) If we keep that up, well, number one, we could could do our own podcast, you and me, just talking about stuff like that, and we'd never be allowed in Miramichi again. I was still getting growled for stuff I said on the air, and that was, what, 20 years ago? (laughs) (laughs) 25 years ago? Jeez. Uh, people have law memories. <laughs> yes. They call that Irish Alzheimer's. They forget everything but the grudges. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'm damned to hell for sure. Welcome to episode 12 of the Johnny O Show, and I am back. It's been a while. Uh, I'm telling you, things are just uh, busy at NBCC Miramichi as uh, the new uh, school season well underway. I had recorded this podcast just before uh, school went back at the uh, beginning of September, and it's just taking me now until Thanksgiving weekend to uh, edit this and get it ready for you to listen to. I want to say a big thank you to Patty Quinn for being my guest on episode 11 of the Johnny O Show as I continue the series of on-air personalities who have worked at 790 CFAN and 99 Through the River in Miramichi, New Brunswick. Big thank you to Jason Berry of Barytone Studios for the theme music that you are listening to. Also, thank you to Jamie Alexander of the Downriver Music Festival for the Johnny O Show logo that you can see on the Drive On Media Facebook page, as well, the logo that you see on your podcasting platform of choice. Follow the podcast Facebook page at Drive On Media, share it with your friends and family, and make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major podcasting platforms, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you can also subscribe on the website driveon.podbean.com. Once again, that's driveon.podbean.com. It's time to drive on with this week's episode of The Johnny O Show. This week's guest I call CFAN's official historian. Here comes Darren McDonald on The Johnny O Show. It's episode 12 of the Johnny O Show, and we're continuing the series of folks that worked at 790 CFAN and 99.3 The River, and uh, the guy that I'm going to introduce here is somebody that I really got to uh, know a little bit more over the last few years as uh, he kind of uh, came on board to help with uh, remotes and different things like that on the air at 99.3 The River. It's Darren McDonald. Hi, Darren. How are you? Hey, John. How are you? Doing great. And uh, thanks a lot for uh, joining me on the uh, podcast here. And uh, No, not at all. Yeah. I, I kind of refer to you as the historian of Miramichi <laughs> Radio because you've got facts and figures that just blow me away with your knowledge of uh, 
radio on the Miramichi. Well, I mean, it's better being called a relic, I admit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The the funniest thing is like um, on and off and that sort of thing. This is, this is actually, I started there in 1981. So it's what, 40 years now I've been involved one way or the other with CFAN or the river. So it was, it was funny thinking about that the other day. But um, radio has always been a passion of mine, so it's nice to say at least I did yeah. it, and I'm still part of it somewhat. So I, yeah. I really enjoy that part. Well, we'll we'll definitely dig into the uh, you know you have that passion for radio, probably more so than I ever did. Uh, mm-hmm. But we'll dig into that anyway. But first, let's find out a little bit more about Darren McDonald, of course. Uh, and <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong when I when I mentioned this to uh, Ev Gray, he corrected me right away. Uh, so you were born right here in the Miramichi. I am a Miramichiere. I was born in Newcastle. Uh, Doctor McMillan spanked my butt. <laughs> right <off the> bat. <laughs> I mean, how many people around the Miramichi claim that, right? <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> That's right. No, I was born at Miramichi Hospital. I grew up in Chatham on Riverside Drive until mm-hmm. I was about 15. Um, grew up or spent a year down in Taintville in Turles Point Road and mm-hmm. then grew the rest of the way, I guess, in, in uh, Taintville, just uh, the other side of Kerr subdivision. So, yeah, all I've right. been all over the south side of the river for the most part. And now I live in Nelson. Okay. So yeah, yeah, you, you've pretty well got uh, one end of the south side and to the other uh, pretty well covered there. Oh, pretty much. I've been, you know, Stumpin' Tom or Tank Snow could sing about me. You know, he's been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is true. This is true. So um, they do it better than I would. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you and me both. You and me both. Uh, that's that's why we're on the radio and not performing. Yeah, exactly. We got the face yeah. for radios. Everybody's fun to say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm assuming that, uh, you had a, uh, fondness for music growing up. Yeah. Well, um, my father bought a Phillips console. You remember the big old console that, uh, big piece of furniture with two speakers built in it. And you'd have like a record player, a, yes. you know, a changing turntable, a, a yeah. track and a radio built in it. And he was a big country fan, and so was my mother. And we always had uh, Johnny Cash, Hank Williams, um, George Jones, Hank Snow, um, Hank Thompson. You know, that that's country yeah. music to me. So, yeah. you know, that's what I grew up on. And then later on, I got into starting listening to rock and roll and uh, mm-hmm. kind of a, I'm, I'm, I, I, have, I basically, the only types of music I don't really like are of all things polka elevator music uh that stuff i don't care for very much yeah. which i'll explain <laughs> later <laughs> but okay. uh, for the most part i can i can listen to anything like um yeah. you know i even have a copy of the phantom of the opera soundtrack in my cd collection i have some yeah. classical believe it or not um yeah. yeah i i can listen to just about anything but i mean country and classic rock are my, are my personal favorites sure sure um so what uh, was it the music that drew you to radio or was it just radio in general? Well, you know, it was kind of an epiphany I had that got me interested in it. Um, when I was eight years old, I went to the exhibition one night and you remember the old exhibition building when yeah, you walked yeah. in and 
you look to the right where the entrance was to go into the main auditorium, you know, where they had the dances and the beauty passion, that sort of thing. Exactly. And they had two staircases there, of course. In the middle was a display booth. Now, what had happened is when I was in there one night and I was walking around and I could hear this song coming over the monitors, like the speakers they had dispersed, dispersed all throughout the hall. Yeah. And I remember the song. It was Turn, Turn, Turn by the Birds, which is still yes. my favorite song of all. And it was kind of neat. I was listening to it. And then I started hearing people talk and I could hear them over the speaker talking. And I just happened to glance over in that corner where that display booth was. Mm-hmm. And that's where CFUN, which was the radio station at the time, CFUN, they right. had their booth set up and there was Ian Byers and Lloyd Doyle talking and I could see their lips move and watch them do it and hear it over the speakers. And I thought, how did they do that? Right. Yeah. And yeah. then I got home and dad kind of explained radio to me and I started using the radio built in the old Phillips. And then all of a sudden I got a phone call one day. I had won a 50 record prize pack from Seafun. So wow. I actually got to go up there and pick it up. Like it was yeah. 45s of like Montavani and stuff like that. Just, just real drag. But I mean, yeah. Hey, I, it, it all had CFC fun written on it and all that stuff. And I got nice. a, they took me for a quick look around the building. So I got to see like the original console and stuff like that. And yeah. I was hooked. And I mean, ever since then I started, you know, after that, we ever go on vacation, I'd start DXing, which is means basically mm-hmm. you, I would sit in the truck while they were in the trailer. I'd sit in the truck at night and I'd dial the radio around to see what yeah. stations I could pull in. And, yeah. you know, I was doing that even when I was working for CFAN, when I was yeah. doing evenings, going home at night after I finished at one o'clock in the morning, we used to shut down for the night mm-hmm. and the transmitter was off. So of course it was clear, it was clear frequencies then. So yes. I could drive home and I'd pick up WABC out of New York at 770 or I could pick up uh, CFNB from Fredericton at 550, stuff like that. And I, I, to this day, it still enthralls me to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'll always be a, a big fan of radio. It's theater of the mind. That's it what is. fascinates me the most. Just television lays it out for you. You don't yeah. really have to think about what you're seeing. Computers and, you know, video, that sort of thing. That can do it too. But I mean, radio, music, yeah. it puts a picture in your mind. You think and you create yeah. with it. And that's always fascinated me. That's the one yeah. thing about radio that I've always loved is just that aspect of it. I mean, yeah. even just imagining what the person looks like that's talking, right? You kind of exactly. get that image in your head, maybe dead wrong, <laughs> mind yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> but well, uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those, it's just the thing that fascinates me to this day with it. And, and that's, and that's the thing, like, uh, yeah, like you, you, you have a picture in your mind of how the person on the radio may look. Or even, you know, back before videos or, you know, somebody may only appear on a TV show once in a while, mm-hmm. unless yeah. you actually had that person's record, you had no idea what they looked like as yeah, opposed to much. today, you know, they're all over social media. Yeah, exactly. I mean, unless you went to see, uh, like you said, you picked up the album or you went to see them in concert, would you have any idea what Johnny Cash looked like? Would you imagine that's what he looked like? I know when I first heard him, that's not what I thought he looked like, mind you. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. but that, that's just the neat part of it all. But of course, there's the other side of it. Like, say, when I was on the air, it would be nothing to hear somebody meet me and then say, geez, you don't look like you sound. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yep. I'm sort of terrified thinking, okay, what did you think I look like? <laughs> <laughs> I used to have have that happen to me, uh, you know, different times. And, and, and I'd say, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, just, you well, know, I never just apologize. apologize. I was too freaked out for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. They, some, I know some people said, you, you sound so much older. 
Okay, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, may, maybe it maybe there was a level of you know maturity in your voice. I'll be the More first so time I was ever accused age. of being mature. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Never that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Oh dear. So yeah, and and that's like I, I agree with you hundred percent. You know, always surfing the the radio dial just to uh, see what you can pick up. And uh, you know, for for me, it's like you know, if if I went somewhere with mom and dad to another area, and you know, you. you as soon as you could get into the radio reception, you'd see what, you know, what stations were there and, and just hearing different voices. And Oh yeah, uh, exactly. Like, yeah. um, I can remember when I was 15, I was on a camping trip with my parents and we took the camping trailer up to the gas bay and we're sitting in a campground. Where was that? I think it was a Port Daniel. I think it's called up in the gas bay. It's about not quite ha- a little more than halfway toward gas bay. Okay. And I was just dialing around and I picked up England, Dan and John Ford Coley. I really love to see you tonight. And every yeah. time I think of that song, I think of being out there. And I was picking it up off your sister station, actually 95 CKNB, which broadcasts oh. like a, a local station all through the gas bay. So, you know, you, oh, you, you okay. like things like that, you know, like I, I remember that. I remember I hear a song like um, there was a tune from Los Lobos. I forget the title. Um it was not off the, where the wolf survived, but uh, yeah, oh, La, not, Bamba, not, La Bamba. Okay, I was going to say it was at that remake. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And I, when I think hear that, I think of a, a road trip I made one time down to Halifax that we're playing it on CJCH. So you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's funny how you link those things, but you do. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's just it just brings back memories, which is you know one of the nice things about it, right? Yeah, I would I would guess that because of that fascination with radio uh by the time you graduated high school you decided that you wanted to get into radio actually no believe it or not i thought i was going to the military because i didn't i never really had a plan i never thought i'd be good enough to be on air i I mean to this day i still don't think i have much of a voice that would work on the radio i know other people disagree thank you very much absolutely i just i just never did and it's funny because when i was in my final my senior year in high school we had a uh, career expo. Our guidance counselor that year was John Keown, who was Father John Keown, now the uh, Catholic priest. Very nice oh, man. Really? Always has been, always will be. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I was get, uh, volunteering as a, one of the student volunteers to work the career expo. Well, CFAN happened to take part in that. They had a okay. booth set up and announcers were there. Peter Stewart was an announcer on the air at the time. He was there. And that's where I first met Ian Byers, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. And I just, I, you know, I met him and I, I, you know, what Ian's like big oh. bouncing personality, stuff like that. And I thought, yeah, okay. And I started talking with him and I just asked him some questions, you know, like, how does this work? And what does it take to be an announcer and stuff like that? Just curious. Right. And he said, yeah. well, you just wait after you graduate, I'll give you a call. Yeah, sure. Right. Anyway, give him my number. Say, so I graduated, you know, three days after I graduated, the phone rings and it's him. How you doing, Darren? <laughs> yeah, you sobered it? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I thought, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, he invited me up, and he said, come on over to the station, and let's talk. Okay, sure. Wow. So I thought, okay, maybe I can get some summer work and be a janitor or something, right? And yeah. I walk in the door. It's the first time I walked in there that uh, I met Dan Lehman. Okay. Super guy. 
Dan Lehman, if you ever got to meet him, ever got to work with him, you'll never forget him. He is one of the nicest guys that ever worked behind a microphone. And he gave me some copy and he said, you know, read this. I looked at it and I said, well, what's this? He said, well, there's news stories. There's a commercial script. I want to hear how you sound. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I can give it a second thought. Went in the old booth and read it off and he taped it and he said, very best. You know, I met a few of the guys there, Al McKenzie, Bill Manzer. And then I went home, didn't think anything of it. And then two days later, he said, come on down again. So I came (laughs) back down and he said, well, I want you to do part-time. I want you to train for the next month or two. And then We'll put you on part-time. You can work some weekends for me doing announcing. And I kind of looked at him at me. He said, yeah, okay, sure. So, you know, I, I worked for a couple of months under Jamie Alexander. Was his air name? He was the evening guy. Real name okay. is Jamie Dueron, real nice guy. And he taught me some things. And the afternoon guy back then was Scott Roberts, who was a, whose real name was Doug Pickett. Nobody used a real name back then, <laughs> I guess. And um, we became actually pretty good friends until he left. But uh, finally, in August, when was it? August 2nd, I believe, 1981, I went solo at 2.05 a.m. First wow. song I ever played on the air by myself was Doobie Brothers, Listen to the Music, which is what I always think whenever I hear it. I did it for 13 years full-time after that and part-time from 1996 onward till today. So Interesting. It's funny, but I, I admit, um, to this day, I never knew what... I still don't understand why Ian... Uh, what he saw like why why would he think i could do this and you know within like it's funny because ian has a history of hiring local kids and teaching them how to do this mm-hmm. there's a whole slew of people who he did the same thing for like myself uh jim stacy dale gray mike scary mike dennis those guys went on to Bathurst. scary is a legend up there i i still i never really he told me one time he said i just knew you had it in you but I just never understood why he thought I'd be anything good at this. You know, to this day, I still don't quite understand what it was, but, you know, I'm grateful that he did because, I mean, I, I'm very happy to say I did it and I could do it. So I will say that. Well, here's, here's my two cents worth and for, Mm -hmm. for, you know, what it's worth, uh, you have the ability to, let, let me let me reverse it a little bit here. Here's my mm-hmm. problem at times is that uh, I've got probably five or six hamster wheels in my head. <laughs> and at any time, one of them could stop and it is a direct drive to my mouth. And if <laughs> as soon as that hamster wheel stops, I stop. And it's like I lose my train of thought or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with you, you you've got... And, and that's why I always enjoy listening to you, especially on the remotes. Mm-hmm. You, you've got that ability to, you're smooth. You've got the ability to tell a story and mm-hmm. paint, as we talked about earlier, you have that ability to paint pictures and people's, the listeners' minds of what's going on, what's happening. And to me, I think that's why uh, Ian Byers hired you. Oh, well, thank you very much. I never, never even thought of that. It's, it's um, I wish I could do that. I really wish I, 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 I guess to a point I can, but I've yeah. always admired that about your ability to do that. Well, to be honest, John, you're probably not giving yourself enough credit because you're actually quite good at what you do. And, um, I mean, I've worked with a lot of people over the years and I mean, you know, I can say I'm quite comfortable in saying it's good to have you on the air because you deserve to be there. And, you know, I'm not saying this just to kiss up, folks. It's true. 
uh, one thing one thing i miss about radio these days is the Mm. fact that every station should have at least one jock yeah who's very local oriented yeah very much i am from here and i love it here and i'm staying here and i'm going to be who i am and what we are and you do that you and michelle both were lucky that way yeah and you know that that's that's a lost art form i mean Being a DJ, maybe even more so now than than it used to be, is a nomadic existence. I mean, you're moving from place to place, yep. trying to find yeah. a gig here and there. There's not that many left. You don't tend to stay very long where you are. Yeah. So Miramichi is lucky because having jocks who are Miramichiers, yep. staying put, familiar, comfortable voices who don't put on any airs. We are Miramichiers. We're damn proud of it. And we're going to be this way. And, you know. Yeah. That's, that's something that's not very, that happens very often. And it's lucky we do have both of you to do that because the river's so much better for that because the river is a local Miramichi station and that's what makes it you guys. And I mean, full credit to you both. Well, appreciate that, Darren. It's, it's, you know, even though, uh, my other job at the college is starting to, you know, take more of Mm -hmm. my focus. Uh, that's why I, I uh, arranged with management to say, "Hey, I at least want to do weekends." You know, yeah. I want to. Be... And I hope you continue to do that. I yeah, hope and, so because I mean, it's it's yeah. it's just nice to have a familiar, real voice on the air, and that it's 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 the human factor. We, we you know you don't. I've never been a fan of uh, radio where you have like the system playing. Yeah. cold line lining cards and jocks who are just reading cards into a computer to play it back from who knows where and it's yeah. on 55 stations at the same time i mean a living breathing human being sounds so much better you know absolutely because you can relate to that yeah i mean sure. a lot of it's like ian told me one time he said one day i wasn't really doing much on the air i was in a bad mood and stuff and he just mm-hmm. looked at me and he said you know what you're in a rotten mood what happened? Your girlfriend leave you? You got into a fight with somebody? You're having a rotten day? Well, guess what? There's fifty thousand people out there. Their wives are fighting with them, and they're got balled up by their boss, and they got a bad day, and they're looking yeah. to you to cheer them up. So get on your horse, get on stage, and put your smiley face on, kid. You're on stage. Yeah. And like it dawned on me, like you know, he's absolutely right. Yeah. So you know that that's that's an important thing, and that's why I still say, you know, I love to hear a live jock. Mm-hmm. Not stuck reading liner cards all the time, but actually yeah. being a person. Yeah. That makes it, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, 100%. Agree yeah. with you 100%. Um, so let's go back and, uh, you, you know, so you, you went live at, uh, what was it, 2 o'clock in the morning. Right. And uh, so what was the technology like at that time? Well, <laughs> well let's put it this way. Uh computers basically non-existent yeah we had two turntables with big brass arms never had to worry about weighing down on the record for sure <laughs> we had uh, a three cartridge deck machine uh, if if people aren't sure what we mean by cartridge basically if you're familiar with an eight track it's kind of like that it's a mm-hmm. it's a cassette it's about maybe what three inches by two i think or maybe two three and a half by two inches uh, it's got about a quarter inch tape inside and you get various links like 40 seconds, 70 seconds to allow you to put 30 second commercials with a little bit of lead on it, mm-hmm. uh, 
60 second commercials, that kind of thing. We play all our commercials and jingles and stuff off that. And we also had two reel to reel machines for playing such uh, wonderful programming, such as back to the Bible or uh, my personal favorite, the people's gospel hour. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> if you remember that. And yep. uh, also when I started, we were a CBC affiliate. So we would have to record early in the evening, some of their programs, like uh, as it happens, and things like that, and play them back after 10 o'clock when the Bible programs were over. Okay, My original, really? yeah, yeah, we did. Um, we had a whole bunch of programs we had to record during the week for Sunday night, because Sunday night was basically, like, we had a quota of CBC programs we had to play as a condition of the license, because okay. we're a CBC affiliate. Right. And um, God help you if the tapes ever broke. But yeah, yeah they were all recorded on these half-inch reel-to-reel uh, tapes. Uh, our equipment was all the original C-Fun equipment from 1970. Wow. So like 11 years later, we were still using the same Wardbeck board with the big rotary dials on them for pots yes. that turn things up and down, like you adjust your volumes, key switches for your microphones. I mean, how many times did I go to turn the mic and the key switch come off in my hands? <laughs> or better yet, after you go on the air, how do you get this thing to shut off so I could stop talking? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's happened before. Yeah. But um and we had um, we had a large reel-to-reel machine in the corner that was our logger machine. Like we have to keep a yes. record at the mm-hmm. time of all our broadcasts, which you guys still do, but yeah. you do it digitally. We had to do it manually with the reel-to-reel machine. And this yeah. machine was an old dictaphone machine. And basically, every time we heard a clunk out of it, we just about fainted because if that thing broke, I mean, look out! It was going yeah. to be held at bay. Yeah. But uh, the technology back then, it basically was pretty physical. Yeah. If, um, say, around Christmas time, our commercial loads would go right through the roof, because that's the busiest yes. time of the year in commercial yes. radio is Christmas time. Yep. And there'd be days, literally, if you work a six-hour shift, which we did sometimes because, you know, there's more remotes and stuff, you'd have, like, about three minutes commercials to play every five minutes, or yes. you're going to get your music in. Yeah. So you had yeah. to be real creative how to work this around. I mean, literally, you'd work up a sweat within an hour. i seen days, like, when I know, like, when Gord was doing mornings, Gord Christie. Yeah. Around Christmas time, there'd be mornings when he left the booth, you'd almost have to carry him. It was just that <laughs> exhausting. I bet. And I mean, that I'd follow up in middays at the time, and my commercial load be as bad, and they almost carried me out the door <laughs> because it was just that crazy. You know, yeah. literally, you'd have to stand up at one point and have to do this and that. And like, it's real cacophony because we didn't have remotes on anything. Everything yeah. you had to hit manually, like the start button on the machine itself. Yeah. So, you know, the mic's on, and you put your hand to the left to put it on the, to start the first tape when you're ready to uh, go to commercials. And at the same time, you'd have to have a hand, your other hand on the record switch in order to turn the record down and shut it off. Yeah. Like it's just, yes. it was, it was, I lost about 10 pounds. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, because I was never exposed to that, you know, that technology. I just cannot imagine it. Yeah, well, let's put it this way. Back then, there were a lot of skinny disc jockeys. <laughs> it wasn't just because of the pay either. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, yeah. you, you were describing the uh, the board, the soundboard, the Wardbeck. Yes, and uh, you know, if anybody's trying to picture that, I, I think probably the closest thing. If you ever watched uh, uh, Doctor Johnny Fever on uh, WKRP. Oh, WKRP. He's always yeah. reaching and, you know, switches and whatever. They never really showed the board, but you can see him reaching. Yeah, and, it's not really an accurate depiction of the board, but uh, it, it is the idea. That's how yeah. it works. You'd have to you'd have to reach over and hit your switches and all that stuff. But you yeah. know what the, the funny part is? 
What's that? The microphone he was using in that show, it turned out to be a um, experimental model that Sure Microphones were making at the time. What they did, they they sent one to the show because they figured, you know, like in, it's a industry sort of an industry uh, product placement sort of thing. Okay, yes. They put it on the show to show the microphone being used on WKRP. Now it was hollow. There was all the guts were out of it. It was just a shell. Sure. But I guess it sold tons at the time. Like this, like in the seventies, late seventies. Yeah. And they managed to sell, I don't know, uh, twenty five thousand of them. And I guess wow. they were in use for years. So yeah, it, it it it's one of those funny things. That was one of those, one of those weird little cases of product placement. But that was a real broadcast microphone, or at least it was the, the shell of one. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. just looking. Uh, you you mentioned that, so I'm just bringing up a picture of him. And uh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I remember yeah. that because he always used to swing it around and and yep. do things like that. So you could tell that uh, that that microphone boomer boomer wasn't used very much. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, let me tell you, there's many a jock that I worked with and myself included learned the hard way. That's not a good idea to do that. Because no, I remember no. one night I did it and the whole thing just went bang. The exactly. springs just broke and it flew across the room. <laughs> and I'm, the first thought in my head is Ian is going to kill me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we had a Collins board, which is more, uh, a more industry standard type board that was in our production room for years. Mm-hmm. And, um, it ended up of all places, uh, there is a, uh, you probably know of him, Scott Snailman. Yes. He has our old turntables from the production of these great yeah. big, massive 18 inch McCurdy turntables. Yeah. He has them in his basement as part of his radio studio. And yeah. I think he also has one of the boards we had. I know, um, we had, I think he got that one, the old Collins production board. Mm-hmm. And I know that, um, after the original board blew up, it was about 19... 87, 88, I think that it finally blew and mm-hmm. we had to get a new one. So they bought a new ward back board. It had the sliding pots and that sort of thing. Yeah. Great big board. But yeah. when we moved to uh, locations, like we originally were located on top of the old Sears building in Newcastle, I think modern yeah. autos there now. Yeah. And Napa. yeah, yeah, Napa. Yes, exactly. Napa autos there. And we moved to the location down on the waterfront that we're in now. Mm-hmm. And when we did that, they took the old board out and they took <laughs> it to CKDH and Amherst. They have it. First, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of the gear we had, like our old, um, I know the turntables ended up, Scott got them. Yeah. And I think he got one of our old cart machines too. We had these three deck ITC ones, like those commercial ones I was talking about. Yep. I think he got one of those as well too. He has a beautiful retro radio station built up in his basement that he does podcasts and, uh, yeah. Well, online it's funny you mentioned that because yeah. uh, a few years ago I went down to see my sister in Bridgewater and, mm-hmm. um, where were we going? I don't know. There was some shopping place in, in Dartmouth anyway. And so I sent him a oh, message. Probably, uh, yeah, probably McMack Mall or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I sent him a message, and I don't know if I was going to drop something off to him. And So anyway, I ended up at his place, and he gave me a oh, tour yeah. of of his uh, his basement. And yeah, I'm telling I'd you, love to see that. I've seen oh, photographs of it. It's yeah. beautiful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I have, mm-hmm. a, I have a cut disc set he sent me one time. He put together... He got copies of all the old CHNS jingles, like CHNS sister station we have down in Halifax. Yes. And uh, he got all their jingles going right back to like the 30s. You'll and imagine. he put them all on a two CD set, which I have here. It's just incredible to listen to. The things that he saved from the dumpster, basically, mm. just just tremendous. Absolutely oh, yeah. amazing. And he actually ended up with 
um, an R, what is it? The R2K? Uh, oh board. yeah. And yeah, that's uh, right has, too. Yes. I seen him looking for parts for that one day online. Yeah. There's a Facebook group uh, dealing with Wardbeck gear and he's on it all the time. Even he is updating his equipment. So it's, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> yeah. he, he's got an online station, uh, that's, that streams and I just can't remember what it is. Oh, um, Oh, it's, it's, yeah. I just can't think of what it, it's something time machine or. Yeah. Oh, it'd be easy to find. You just look him yeah. up online anyway. He's a strong online presence. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So the equipment, uh, of course has changed quite a bit and, uh, I, I'm assuming when something broke, it probably didn't get replaced very easily. Well, let me tell you, um, <laughs> we had an engineer, the late Eldon Rogers. I miss him. Eldon was a wonderful man. Absolutely yeah. wonderful man. Great friend. We were friends for 30 years before he passed. Yeah. And the first night I was on, uh, evenings I got, I did all, I only lasted on the all night show for about a month. And then Jamie decided he wanted to go back to Toronto. He had this beautiful italian girlfriend just gorgeous and he proposed to her she uh-huh. said i'll marry you but you got to come back to ontario so he of course didn't waste one second putting his notice in <laughs> yeah but uh anyway i was promoted so i had to play the bible programs at night they were on those half inch okay. tapes yeah i didn't remember how to th- properly thread it so when the time i was trying to get it to work and i couldn't get it luckily i was doing this about an hour before because i was kind of scared to leave it to the last minute Exactly. So I called Eldon and I said, I can't get the tape machines to work. So he come in. This is the first time I ever met him. Yeah. He walks in, takes a look, lifts the tape off, puts it down on the proper treads. Says, there you go. Brand new, huh? <laughs> 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 Thank goodness he had a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. This, he could, he could fix anything. It was incredible. Like we, he, we were in a pretty threadbare ship far as money goes. I mean, if Ian had to pay for something like, um, he resisted buying, uh, he resisted buying CD players for years. Um, but he did eventually break down and get them. But, mm-hmm. uh, we, we would, um, play 45s up until probably about, I think about 86, 87. And then we started carting everything, putting them on longer cartridges. So we wouldn't right. have to play the 45s. Right. And then eventually then he bought, a he got an off the, off the rack, sony uh, cd player from somewhere so we were carting songs off that but we cheat and of course we had it in the control room so we'd rig it up and play it out of there yeah. and play right off the disc so you know we were doing that he growled at first but then mark kind of told him like you know just let them do it it sounds better anyway <laughs> exactly. so you know <laughs> yeah. there was only one person alive that had the guts to stand up to him it was her <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's good for everybody else well, pretty as long as she got along with you. I mean, she didn't mind telling you either. <laughs> well, there you go. Since we're talking about Ian, and I, I, I asked Dave Gray this, but uh, roughly when did he leave Miramichi? Well, what happened is, um, we originally, when he started, uh, he came here in 1970 as part of uh, Eastern Broadcasting. What it was, it was uh, a company owned by Jack Schoon. If you have a copy of the, you know, have you ever noticed the the gathering books that uh, the Asso families put together? Um, you can, I, I don't know if they're still in print or not. They were, mm. they're basically uh, collections of photographs from the Miramichi over the years. Okay. They're wonderful. If you're, if you love history, they're wonderful. 
But uh, one of the books actually has a picture of opening day for Seafun with Ian mm-hmm. and Jack uh, posing with a microphone outside of the studio door. And the deal was at the time that Ian would run the station for Jack and he would get 10% of the profit. So that would be his salary, right? That's okay. why Ian was here. Right. Now, over the years, that was the deal. But eventually, Jack decided to retire. And he sold the company at first to, I believe it was Rogers. And then Rogers spun it off to merit to McLean Hunter. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. McLean Hunter was the one that bought it. McLean Hunter um, was a corporation. They were the ones that owned Chatelaine and stuff like that. And exactly. they did broadcasting as well. And then Ian became, you know, they kept the deal for him. But McLean Hunter broke up, sold it to Rogers, and then Rogers was going to spin it off somewhere else. And there was word coming down that they were going to clean house of management. And then uh, a group led by Merv Russell, it basically was three partners out of Halifax, Merv Russell, Gary Getso, and Robert Pace, who's the current owner of Maritime Broadcasting, bought it. And the other stations in Atlantic Canada, that's where Maritime Broadcasting was formed. Okay. And Ian kind of thought, I'm not going to get the same deal out of them that I had. Yeah. And he always wanted to own his own station outright. Of course, over the years, he invested wisely and all that stuff, and he had a considerable financial resources. Mm-hmm. So he ended up finding out that the station in Huntsville, Ontario, more FM was for sale, and he bought it. And he left in 1993 and took that station over, and he ran that. And he was there until, when was it? I think it was a 2007, I believe. I could be wrong on the date. Okay. But um, he owned it until then, and then... I guess from what Margaret told me, Margaret Byers came back after Ian passed away. Ian passed away years ago after a stroke on the table in the hospital. Okay. And Margaret had a memorial service for him at the Rod and invited us to it. Like I was there, Bill Manzer, Ev Gray, some others. And she told us basically that um, about six months before he died, Ian and Margaret were out for a ride on their motorcycle. Ian had uh, loved Gold Wings, Honda Gold Wings. And they had a bad accident, but they came out of it unscratched. And she said that night, he just looked at her and said, oh, I know what I got to do. And the next day he went into the office. He phoned four companies from what I was told. He called uh, four broadcast companies in Ontario, Pemrex, Rogers, uh, Chum, and what was the other one? I believe it was Shaw and told them all, this is what I want for the station. First one who walks in the door with a check gets it. Pemrex showed up four hours later. Wow. And, and he got out of it and then. He retired and he passed away after that. So it, it's funny, but yeah. it's, that's how it seemed to go down. So, well, but yeah, he left here in 93 because to take ownership of a radio station, he never, a lot of people thought he owned CFAN or CFUN. He never did. Mm-hmm. He owned part of it, 10%, yeah. but he never owned it outright. No. Okay. Interesting. No, that's, see, that's why I knew you'd, you'd know those things. Cause you know, I, I consider you the official uh, historian of Miramichi radio. So I, I feel like I should be dressed in a monk's robe, writing in a big <laughs> book by candlelight when you say that. <laughs> so that's the serious side. That's the serious story of Ian Byers. Yeah. What, what can you tell us about so, something that just sticks out in your mind about Ian Byers <laughs> that uh, maybe you'd be scared to repeat back in the day, but, you know, it's safe to, <laughs> safe to repeat it now. Which story do you want? <laughs> I got a lot. oh i'll let you choose um i when i think of ian i mean beside the fact that i'm always always be grateful for him for what he did for me because i mean like 
I was just a kid out of high school. Within six months, he taught me enough that I could do anything at the station except sign a check. I mean, who does that now, right? Exactly. But his weakness was always for food. I mean, and Margaret, his wife, Margaret Byers, was a wonderful cook. She could bake a chocolate cake that would just kill you. Really? And she knew I was fond of it. And one night she came into the studio and she said, hi, Darren, look, I left you something on the desk, right? <laughs> we didn't bring food into the control room, but he was on the secretary's desk. Walk yeah. out there. Great big chunk of chocolate cake. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to save that up from the Bible tape stars. Cause you know, you don't dare eat stuff like that when you're on the no. air. Next, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. you don't want to get into that on the air with a mouthful of food. But yep. anyway, I walked out to get it, and there's a great big chunk bitten out of it, and the office door is open, the in's in. Okay, I know what happened. Okay, fine. Well, anyway, I turn around. I'm starting to walk by the studio. All of a sudden, I hear, oh, hi, Darren. Look over. There's Margaret. Oh, hi, Margaret. And I booted it right back to the control room because I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> Shut the door, and the next thing you know, right through the soundproof, you hear, and that was Darren's cake, you pig. What are you eating that for? Margaret, it was too good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> oh, it was another time too. Um, he had a dog named Braun. Okay. He picked up this Rottweiler somewhere. It was an old cranky Rottweiler. It was not a nice dog. And one night, this a lot of this stuff happened. I was working evenings. He'd come in during the evening and do some stuff while he was there. And I would leave the control room and I'd go out. What happened is across the hall from Ian's office out in the main entryway, there was a little nook and we had a refrigerator in there and that's where I keep a bottle of pop. Like I drink a bottle of Coca-Cola, maybe two during every shift. Yeah. You know, I was, I was a major Coca-Cola freak. I mean, I had withdrawal when I gave it up a couple of years ago for like five years. (laughs) But, um, anyway, I went out to go get a drink and next, you know, I hear this growling and I go, what the heck is that? And I turn around and here comes Braun flying through the office door. (laughs) All I could think of was I'm dead. Next thing you know, what? Yeah. You know, he had a had a string on or a cord on, oh, okay, right? Yeah, him, yeah. And down he went and Ian's sitting there at the desk going, Hi, Darren. Ron. <laughs> Me sitting there trying to hide the fact I just about wet myself going, Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, he was yeah. a character. It's funny because um a lot of people I know a lot of people didn't like him. A lot of people didn't get him. A lot of people, you know, were intimidated by him, that sort of thing. Mm, yeah. But I mean, you know, for the years I worked for him, I mean, people told me like there were times somebody would say something to him about me that wasn't really nice. And he would just take them apart. Like, don't you dare talk about Darren that way. He works for me. He's the best. He's this, he's that. And he'd do that for all of us. Nice. You know, you know, nice. he'd defend you to the hilt and he, I will give him credit for one thing too. You always knew where you stood with him. He never went behind your back. If he had something to say to you, he said it. Yeah. And he was in your face and he never, ever stabbed you in the back. Never yeah. did. Yeah. And, you know, for that, I have to say he was one of the best bosses I ever worked for. Cause I mean, I learned so much. I really did. And yeah. I mean, I like to think it helped make me who I am today and help me in my, you know, what I would become in later years and, uh, give me the life that I have now. Yeah. So, you know, where, wherever you are, you know, I owe you one. Yeah. You were a good boss. You know, cool. you're probably gloating that I admit it too. I don't doubt. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> well, there you go. Exactly. So, so he, he departed before the, the transfer 
to maritime broadcasting. No, he didn't. No, that was after. Maritime oh. broadcasting was in 1993. He passed away in 2007, I believe. Okay, yes, so, no, sorry, but yeah, he yeah. When, when I say departed, he left Miramichi. Oh, left the, left the river, yes. yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So what was so when he left were you still full time at the station? Oh yes. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um I was full time until about 1996. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mullen came in. I was doing mornings when Ian left. I'd been promoted after Gord left to go uh to go I forget where he went. I think he went back to Newfoundland. But um, I was promoted to mornings. I was doing mornings at the time until about 1996. 1993, Jim McMullen came in to take his place. Right. And that's who I worked for until I decided to to leave full-time in 1996. Because uh, by then, like, mornings were, it was hard on me to be a morning man because, yeah. like, the hours were hard. Yeah. And I never, I had real trouble adjusting. It's funny because now, I mean, I work, when I work my new, the job I do now, I mean, I'm at work at 630 in the morning. I don't even bat an eye. But back then it was hard on me. Plus, also I just got married in 1996, and our yeah. schedules didn't jive. And yeah, me, I was just yeah. tired, and I just wanted something else. So, yeah. um, there was an opportunity come up with the federal government in the public service, and mm-hmm. uh, I tried out for it, and I got it, and that's where I've been for the last 25 years. There you and go. Um, but uh, McMullen told me before I left, he said, you know, I mean, I may be looking for some part-time help, and I said, sure, I'd be interested. So it took about a yeah. year, but. Jerry Green was doing Monday nights fill-in for their evening guy at the time. Right. And he decided, you know, he was getting lots of gigs doing, uh, being a uh, disc jockey, okay. you know, doing dances and stuff. And he decided he just didn't want to do the radio gig because, you know, he'd like to have a night off. So yeah. Jim called me and I said, sure. And so, you know, I came back and I did that. Did that till about 2003 or four, I believe. Okay. And then the company got rid of pretty much all their part-time people because they were going automated at night and that sort of thing. And then I uh, came back again to do some fill-in gigs and do some Mm -hmm. remotes and stuff, which is what I do now when the time comes up. What, what was it? What do you remember about the decision to go to FM? I wasn't surprised. I figured it was, it should have happened a few years earlier than it did. Yeah. What do do you remember? Like, how did you find out? What uh, what was the process that, uh, you know, the news came down, hey, we're going FM? Well, we uh, we were hearing through the grapevine, and that, it, that was head office was going to go for the license and stuff. And, you know, I knew where to find that stuff online at the time. Oh, yeah. So I, I kind of noticed that they had uh, the application was going through. And they made an announcement. Uh, what they did is they told the staff one night, that they were going to go to FM. And we kind of knew because this is after we moved to the location down on the waterfront and it was all set up with automation and everything else. And we knew that really the only thing left they'd have to do was go FM. And okay. so let, we let me we stop you there for, for a second. Yeah. Um, so the location that we're at now mm-hmm. for a time was 790 CFAN. Yeah, it was. We moved okay. there. Yeah, we moved in early to late or early 2001 and the flip came around the middle of the year. I forget the exact date. I think it was June or July. But uh we flipped it to FM on that date. Okay. But um yeah, we was it was for about 6-7 months uh broadcasting on 790 AM. Uh and actually after the flip we still stayed on mm-hmm. 790 uh AM as well simulcasting. Yeah, we did that for another 90 days after that. And then 
they uh, shut the transmitter down and I was lucky Eldon was going to have to shut the transmitter off for the final time. And he called me and he said, listen, I want you to come because, you know, I want someone to document this. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, I thought, you know, that, that'd be neat to be there because that's sure. history. Like that transmitter, the transmitter we had there was an old Gates and we had it in use since 1974. Wow. That's the one we got after the fire in 1974 yeah. when our original transmitter burnt down. Yeah. And I mean, you think about it. I mean, Watergate news about that was broadcast on it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we broadcast all sorts of things. I mean, even nine 11 went over that transmitter. We had information yes. about that. So, you know, it's, it, it was a piece of history. I was glad I got to be there and I can tell you a little story actually about that. Uh, speaking sure. of nine 11, if you'll indulge me, yeah. um, if you go by the transmitter site in Chatham head, it's still there. There's two transmission towers. Yeah. And when we were full-time AM, we used to broadcast at 5,000 watts daytime and 1,000 nighttime. And we had a broadcast pattern and we needed the second tower to make the pattern. And it would basically follow the riverbanks for about up toward Miramichi Bay and down as far as Doaktown. That was our broadcast area. Okay. But before we made the move to the new building, just before, Mm-hmm. The transmitter line out to the uh, closer tower to the transmitter building burnt out. And okay. by this time, of course, we knew we were going to FM, so there was no point really fixing it. Yeah. And there was no point, of course, you know, where you only have one tower, you can't do the pattern and you can't do the power switch. So we stayed full broadcast range, like just fired it up and it broadcast in a complete circle for how many miles around and uh, at full 5,000 watts full time. And mm-hmm. that's what it was for the last night, uh, six six months or so of its existence. And I was working on the night of nine 11 and we were simulcasting, of course, at the time the transmitter was still on. Right. And I was working that night and Brent Preston was the manager at the time. And he was in his office and he got, a, he took a phone call and he called me up and said, Darren, can you talk to this guy? He, he's got some technical questions. I'm not sure about, you mind talking to him? I said, no, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. So I picked up the phone and the guy told me, yeah, I just curious, like, you know, I picked you up on 790 and, uh, can you tell me where you are and all that stuff? So I filled him in, you know, we're 790 CFAN, Marishi, New Brunswick, Canada, uh, 5,000 watts full time, uh, non pattern, that sort of thing. And he asked me a few other questions and I finally said to him, so listen, can you tell me something? Where are you picking us up? He said, oh, I'm just outside Washington, DC. Wow. Can you imagine a 911 and he's listening to us on, on outside of Washington. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That was incredible. But that, yeah. you know, AM carries at night. Like yes. even if you listen now, the few stations that you can pick up at night on an yeah. AM radio, yeah, they could be coming from anywhere. I mean, one night I was coming home from work, like one thirty in the morning after we were still doing like, you know, just shutting down the transmitter at one thirty in the morning on the weekdays. Yep. And I picked up this signal at 1440 and I listened to it and they were playing rock music and stuff like that. Okay. That's cool. Then all of a sudden I heard what it was. The Great 208, Radio Luxembourg, from Luxembourg in the middle of wow. Europe, right between Belgium and Germany. Can and you they were imagine? English. Yeah, it was neat. I mean, I've learned a lot about that station since because, you know, I went to, uh, I went online and looked them up. I have air checks from them and all that stuff. Cool. Neat. And you could yeah. hear it on a car radio in North America. So That's amazing. It, it's something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's, let's, uh, we talked about shutting the AM transmitter down, but, um, let's talk about the, the final moments of 790 CFAN, the, mm-hmm. in the first few moments of 99.3, the river, uh, yeah. cause you were a part of that, weren't you? Yes, I was. I was, uh, 
it was neat. Um, I had, uh, I had got asked if I do the last broadcast with them before we did the flip mm-hmm. and myself and Patty, this was in the morning. We did the flip at 12 noon that day. And, um, I had asked, uh, Harvey Urquhart, who was the newscast, one of the newscasters when I started in 1981, if he'd do mm-hmm. some newscasts that morning and Denise Doyle, who also worked with me over the years. And she did a couple of newscasts. And in the last 10 minutes, I got a hold of Ian on the phone and we interviewed him on the air. And that was, that was neat because mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, if anybody was going to help close it out, it should be him. Yeah, for sure. And then at the end, they just asked me if I'd say something before we went to the last song and what would be the appropriate song. Yeah. And I said, you know, the only song we can end this with had to be the one that we started it with. Because in 1970, when CFUN signed on after converting from CKMR, the first song they played was Glenn Miller's In the Mood. And mm-hmm. I thought, that's that's how we have to go. What could yeah. be more appropriate than to end it the way you started it? And that's what yeah. we did. We played that. And then as soon as the last uh, note faded, they fired up the FM transmitter and away we went. I mean, we were 99.3 The River. I remember that, like, I remember that happening. I remember listening and, and, and going from, you know, the AM to the FM, you know, for that mm-hmm. switch. And, uh, yeah. no, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. so they were, somebody was back at the, uh, the transmitter where it is now and mm-hmm. waiting for the signal and pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And at 12 noon, the way they went, uh, they had a new Harris transmitter set up in Maple Glen. Mm-hmm. and that they had it fired up and they just waited to click on the carrier and away they went and the signal nice. gets up there by, uh, I said, you guys still send it up there by microwave now, don't you? Or do you uh, use uh, fiber op? It's fiber op now. Okay, I, yeah. I, I remember a few years ago, there was something with the phone lines. Uh, there was a break in it and there were yeah. the, the signal was crackly and it's like, come on folks, we got to get that fixed. So they, yeah. uh, I remember they, too, they went yeah. to fiber op. Yeah, I remember too. They have that big tower next to the station they got from CFCY, but it was meant to be for microwave. But the problem is it wasn't high enough, and so the microwave signal basically was smashing into the side of the courthouse wall. So it <laughs> yeah. didn't tend to get to the transmitter too far. So no, no, <laughs> yeah, that that tower is just basically something for the pigeons to sit on. And it's interesting, yeah, those two uh, the AM transmitter towers they're still there. Um, yep. Anne was telling me that they were supposed to take those down i guess uh for some reason that they were still generating power but <laughs> they didn't yeah. get around to taking them down yet yeah it, it's funny because the thing is like uh the tower closest to the river that's been there since 1947 that's or 1949 sorry that's when ckmr signed up that's the original wow. ckmr yes. tower yeah and like you know you think about you know the information about the cold war korea yeah. watergate vietnam uh the flq crisis um Pierre Trudeau's four, uh, three times as prime minister, uh, yeah. the 72 summit series, like all yeah. the things that came over that, you know, it's a piece of history. I'm, I'm going to hate the day it comes down. I won't lie. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. it'll part of me will go with it because I mean, I was on that station for my yes. voice was over those transmitters for what about God, almost 20 years. Yeah. So it's bizarre to think, but yeah, it's, it's a yeah. piece of history. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of hate to see it go. I mean, safety wise, yes, you're going to have to, I mean, those guy wires are not going to be too healthy after 20 years in the elements, but no, exactly. Yeah. Um, the other transmitter, it's, it's interesting. I remember, uh, interviewing Rick Howe, uh, who just oh, yeah. recently retired from news, what is it? News 95, seven in Halifax. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he worked at CFAN back around the time that that second transmitter building caught in fire. 
Yeah. And he was telling me that they thought they'd have a few days off. I was like, <laughs> nope. Nope. Ian said, boys, you're going to build a new transmitter building. So anyway, he was telling me about how the, you know, the, those days off quickly turned into hard labor. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, can you imagine yeah. having to clean out that mess and stuff like that? I mean, the old transmitter oh. and all that stuff. Oh yeah. yeah that, that's sure. legendary. Um, yeah. Who was it? Uh, I don't, was it? They say, I think Fred Haining was the PD at the time. And I think like they all went down there, they cleaned the junk out and they had to mow down grass around it and all that stuff. They had to bring masons in electricians, of course, to do the other work, but yeah, they didn't get any time off. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely not. No. Um, what, what do you remember the most about going from, well, you know, of course it was still the AM at the time, but what do you remember the most about going from the old building to the new building? I got to work in the old building on the last night before the change and it felt so empty, but like, you know, there's so many memories up there. Um, if, if you ever got a chance to go up there, I think there's some kind of labor organization as their offices up there, safety organization or something. But uh, our studios where the actual broadcast rooms were on the side where Pleasant street meets George street. And okay. our production studio was right on the corner with the two big bay windows. I don't know why they didn't put the air studio in there. That would have been a perfect spot for it. But anyway, yeah, they were there. And then in, next to that was the news booth, which could look into both because we had big clay glass windows looking both ways. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. And then uh, we had the air control room, um, just the other side of the news booth. And you can look right through to all both rooms, right to the other end. And, okay. um, you know, that's where we worked out of. And, uh, it was, it was really nice to be there because like you look out, like say, here I am a teenager on Saturday night working in the radio station, looking out in Zobie's parking lot. And there's all the kids out mm-hmm. there, you know, and that stuff. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's, I have a lot of good memories of it though. Cause the thing is like, um, I had a lot of fun on the air. I love being on the air. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. you know, I joke about it now, you know, where else can you get, pay or go do have a job where you talk foolish you play music and you get paid for it i mean good lord how could you knock it right (laughs) but uh you know i i really had fun up there i mean you know got to work with a lot of great people over the years had a lot of fun listened to a lot of great music it drives my wife nuts because we're driving down the road and a song comes on and i can sing lyrics to just about any song pretty much (laughs) and she keeps saying you know they're doing fine they don't need your help (laughs) (laughs) yes dear (laughs) oh she she wasn't giving you much of a Vote of confidence on your no. uh, singing skills at all. <laughs> no, I never meant to be a lead singer, I guess. But uh, yeah, I sent you, I actually gave you some photos, I think, uh, from the last. I, I'm there. actually, I, I'm looking at uh, pictures on our Facebook page. Uh, we put these up uh, during the 65th anniversary yeah. uh, mm-hmm. back in, uh, my God, that was about eight years ago now. Yeah. And uh, and I'm looking at the pictures and, and uh yeah, like there's the, I'm assuming it's the newsroom with that long brown table. Yep, exactly. And uh, just sitting there empty and then, yeah, that. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, what did they do? Did they just come in there and, and clean all that stuff out? Yeah, well, basically they took everything out of the building uh, except for the broadcast gear because, of course, you know, we still had to finish the night. And yeah. we flipped, uh, at the time we were using a satellite network in the evening, so... 
at uh, nice. n- at ten o'clock. I uh, after the last Bible show we had back to the Bible, I would play mm-hmm. an instrumental and then we'd go to the satellite network, Good Time Oldies, and once that was on, that was it. And uh, all the office equipment, all that stuff had already been taken out. All the stuff to get ready to start the station at the new building it was already gone and so it was just just me up there with the broadcast gear and i mean they had uh, all the music on computer on hard drive by then as waveforms and that sort of thing all ready to go so you know they didn't need basically what was left behind and um basically i got just basically was the last guy to get to use it so the next day mm-hmm. the engineers came up and dismantled it and that was the end of it I guess basically, and the new building was on. And uh, the new building is neat. I mean, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. location. You couldn't ask for a nicer spot. Oh, yeah, unreal. Yeah, and it's um, it's you know, yeah, and of course, uh, when when they, I don't know who chose the name, the river, but to be able to be right on the riverbank yeah. of the Miramichi River. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, like when a, a few years ago, when I filled in for Michelle in the morning show. Uh, those sunrises, you know, in, in May, June, honest to goodness, oh, just yeah. absolutely stunning. Oh yeah. I, uh, I did some Saturday mornings from the new building and mm-hmm. I, that's one thing that just blew me away. Cause like even at the station window, the little window in the broadcast booth, you could still see the sun coming up over Chatham in and it's just like, wow, this is what, yeah. this is what it is. This is what you yeah. you get up for. Because, you know, yeah. I mean, we are so lucky to be here. It's such a beautiful spot in Miramichi. So, it you know, it's, it's the reason I never left. I couldn't bring myself to leave. So I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. And, you know, like uh, for, and strange enough that, uh, you know, the building was formerly a restaurant mm. and has that great big deck on it. Yeah. And I said to, I said to Ann a few years ago, I said, we, we should do something with this. You know, we got this, what should, you know, we should do something. Mm-hmm. And then I come up with the idea with the, the summer deck series. Which was a great and idea. I, I commend you for that. That was an excellent idea. Oh, it, it was, it was just, you know, the, it was amazing to have, you know, at times we had uh, Jason and Melissa Berry and mm-hmm. at least 150 people on that deck mm. and just, you know, enjoying themselves. And, and it's, you know, on the bank of the Miramichi River. It was, yeah. just, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's the beauty of it because it's a great mm-hmm. location. You have that deck. And I mean, you had the weather all to go out and set that all up and stuff like that. I mean, that that's what gets back to what I was saying earlier about having somebody who's live local and actually wants to do something. Every station needs one of those. And yeah. that's what yeah. makes it special. You know, when you have yeah. people like that willing to do things like that, because I mean, you know, I mean, a radio station today doesn't have to be much more than a transmitter, a hard drive with 500 songs on it and a yeah. system to play commercials that you can buy somewhere. Exactly. And I mean, there's yeah. a lot of stations in the States like that in small markets, like in Prescott and those mm-hmm. places. But that's yeah. not that's not local radio, and I mean yeah. what you guys are doing is, and that's that's what we need more of, and you should be commended for it because that's exactly what Miramichi wants and needs. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's, you know, you know, it's it's th- like thank God Michelle's there. Like she's you know she's been you know twenty years pretty well you know doing mornings, mm-hmm. and honest to god she can have it because when i filled in for her there for for all i can understand what you mean about getting up and you know for to do a morning show yeah it's it, it like i did it for six months but i wouldn't want to go back to it yeah uh, 
but you know, you know, thank God Michelle's, you yeah. know, she's, she's that morning person and, yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot of folks, uh, you know, if, when you think about it, a lot of folks grew up listening to yes. her and, and, uh, you know, to, uh, to be able to do that, it's, uh, it's great. And, uh, yeah, you know it's 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 making those connections in the community as well. That's what that's what I always that's say. It. It's yes, exactly. You know, like when yeah. when we go out on and do a remote, or you know, back before the the pandemic, anyway, and you know, talking to people, they come up to you and and chat, and it's just making those connections in the in the community. That uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that's that's what I enjoy. Yeah, and that that's the big thing because the thing is, I mean, we're Miramichiers. And we wear that we wear it on our sleeves and in our hearts, and I mean I'm proud of it. And you know, part of being a miramichi yeah. means, hey, if you want taking the time to come talk to me, I should at least be nice enough to talk to you. I mean, Absolutely. you know, I mean I'm not better than anybody else. I'm no worse, no, no better. So who am I to say, well, you're not worth my time? No, definitely no, not. No, no. Yeah, and I mean the thing is that means when you do that too, when you talk to someone, that means something to them. That you're willing to yeah. do that, right? So you know, yeah. just it's 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 just one of those things. Like radio, radio's done a lot of good for me. I mean, I wouldn't have the life I have right now. I wouldn't have met uh, my wife if it hadn't been for radio. Believe it or not, really? Yeah, yeah. we. Um, it's funny. Uh, Bernice Preston was a salesperson. Yeah, and she was sort of my mother hen, right? She was always sort of mothering me back in the day we worked together, and right. she was uh, she has a cousin who was my wife's aunt. And the two of them okay. talked and figured, you know, we'd probably make a nice match. So they kind of introduced us, right? So yep. we were sort of set up, but I mean, you know, hey, 25 years later, you know, we're celebrating our 25th anniversary this year. Cool. So wow, nice to say. Yeah. Well, it's good. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. You know, one thing that I that I have to say that was pretty cool to get to work with you on was uh, the time that uh, we had that uh, fundraiser for Michelle after her home birth. Oh, yes. You know, we... We tag teamed uh, all afternoon uh, at the Chatham the Chatham Head Rec Center, and and uh, the support from the community from that was just absolutely tremendous. Oh, that was great. Well, the thing is, it says something yeah. too how much they think of Michelle. I mean, really, yeah, that absolutely. She's she's like I said, like yourself. She's a Miramichier, and I mean, we always yeah. we're, we've got each other's back. Something happens yep. to one of us, hey, we're there. Don't worry about it. Yeah. We got you. So you know, yep, that's just proof sure. of that. I mean. And I mean, it was fun to do. I enjoyed doing it with you. Um, mm -hmm. It was a great time. I'm glad for how the way it all worked out. I mean, I've worked with Michelle for years. And I yeah. mean, you know, I still I still call her, you know, Mish. That was my nickname for her, the mouth that roars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> call her that all these years. Uh, you, yeah. know, she's, she, you know, she actually beat me in an elephant race one time. Serious. What? Yeah. The circus was in town. We had a, we had a stunt we were going to do a publicity stunt. We were going to race elephants and oh, the winner got to smack the loser with the pie. Right. Well, guess who lost? Yep. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It wasn't her. <laughs> so here I am standing outside the Sinclair rink covered in pie. <laughs> oh my God. Couldn't find a, a towel or anything. <laughs> I think she still gloats about it to this day. <laughs> Well, that didn't work out too good for you. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no. Oh, no. well. Let's, uh, and really radio, it, it's, it's interesting. Radio just didn't, uh, become, um, uh, 
you know, a, a career choice for you mm-hmm. in your family, but also your sister. Yeah, she did. She, uh, Margaret asked me one day, they were looking for some summer help and just asked, you know, would your sister be interested? So I said, well, I can ask her. And mm-hmm. then Jeannie gave him a, uh, Ian a call and, you know, she did some summer stuff. And then when McMullen came along, he got her on the air. And when he went to Moncton, yeah. he asked her if he'd come, if she'd come with him and go to CFQM. And she did mornings there with, uh, who was it? Uh, Scotty Horseman. Scotty Horseman. Yes. 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 She did mornings at yeah. CFQM for a number of years. And then she took an That's offer nice. to go to the all news station when Rogers started. And she was yeah. their afternoon news anchor. And then when Acadia Broadcasting, which is the Irving spotted, well, her old yeah. boss, Jim McMullen, came back because he was the one running Acadia. Okay. And he talked to her and yes. going back on the air as a jock. And she's been doing afternoon drive at 91.9 The Bend ever since. Wow. Yeah. So she's she's had a long career in radio. Yeah, she has. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll definitely have to uh, get in contact with Jeannie Mack and mm-hmm. we'll... we'll uh, Get some stories from her on the podcast. Yeah, well, let me know just in case. <laughs> I may have to coach her first. <laughs> Not well, too embarrassing, I'll, I'll okay? <laughs> <laughs> Big well, brother, I'll, huh? I'll let you know how we make out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Darren, this has been uh, absolutely great to be able to uh, you know take this time because I know I think uh, we had talked about it at the. Uh, the uh, toy drive mm-hmm. uh, this past December, and uh, I, that I was, you know, g- getting the podcast up and going, and mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to get you on it because I knew you you'd have some great memories, and I'm sure we could we we could uh, chat on another episode and maybe just take a particular era, and we could learn all about that from you as well. Like sure. you mentioned names that. That I'd, uh, I'd enjoy that. You know, I would really would. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that newspaper article where um, Ian mm-hmm. was on the outside of the the outside door of the radio station, and there's uh, uh, Bill Vickers, and there's another. He's a oh, who's a guy? Oh, Chad Amer. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Martin, and then yeah. that uh, that uh, Jack Schoon that you mentioned. Yes, I, I see. Look at that uh, newspaper clipping here from our Facebook page. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's amazing. Like everything you were talking about, it's like, yeah, we got that on, on our Facebook page. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's why I refer to you as the historian of, uh, of Miramichi radio. So. Well, I'll tell you, um, I worked with a, I worked with a wonderful pile of people over the years. I know one time Brent asked me to, uh, just sit down and see how many names you could come up with. Right. I just sat down one day with a, pe- a piece of paper. I came with over 110 names. Just people oh I remember God. either listening to growing up or working with. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's so neat. I mean, radio is a nomadic existence, so you always have people coming through. But like at the uh, CFAN and, of course, the River Now, um, mm-hmm. there were people who stayed for a long time. Like Dan Lehman worked for CKMR and CFUN and CFA until he retired. And I mean, wow. that's a span of like almost 50 years. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, I, we had lots of laughs. I, I can tell you some great stories, Dan and I, and, mm-hmm. um, Gord worked with him for the number of years he was here. Cause he got hired not long after I did. Ev, yeah. we, we had some fun together and, uh, uh-huh. Jerry green and Sean Williston, um, Bill Manzer, Bill, great guy. Um, uh-huh. you know, just, just a great crowd of people. And I mean, you know, Margaret and Ian, that's, 
you know, all kinds of memories, just even talking about it, you know, kind of bring a tear to my eye in a way. Cause you know, it was such a great time in my life. And, um, I'm, I'm always happy. I mean, I never wanted to leave and I mm-hmm. I admit I tried to leave a couple of times. I won't lie. I did. Yeah. And I had some offers yeah. to go to some other stations, CFCY, CHTN. I had an offer to go to CHNS one time. Lucky I didn't take it because they went automated about six months later and I would have been out on my butt. Okay. But uh, I just, when the time came, it's just, no, I couldn't, I couldn't leave. I, I'm a Miramichir. Yeah. I'd be homesick too much. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad I, I'm glad I didn't. And I stayed. And it's, it's interesting because I just had this conversation with, uh, with Patty, uh, Patty Quinn mm-hmm. uh, in the last episode. And we, we talked about that and it's like, you know, doing Miramichi because mm. we're from Miramichi. Right. And, uh, you know, going somewhere else, you just don't have that connection. No, you don't. Cause the thing is, I mean, home is home. And I mean, yeah. this is home. I mean, how other well, what way can you put it? Right. I mean, this is where exactly. our roots are. This is, you know, where our families are, our friends yeah. are. I mean, there's just no other substitute. There's just no way. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, and I get what you're, what you're saying as well. Like it's, um, you know, like I'm, I was offered a one year term contract at the college. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm working at the college full time until June 24th next mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. but I don't want to give up radio. No, I don't want to give it up. Yeah. It's, just, it's just plain fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's when it comes down to it, it's just plain fun. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, there's just no other way to describe it. Cause the thing is like, you know, I mean, you're talking to like 50, 60,000 people potential yeah. listeners you're sharing music you're talking yeah. you're you know having fun you know when the song yep. comes up you like you crank up the monitor and sing along with it you don't really care if anybody in the office can hear you or not or where we exactly. are now working from home all the time you know your wife's down the holiday yep. will you stop but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you exactly. know it's just, it's just one of those things i mean i'll never grow up when it comes to that i always enjoy radio yeah. always have i mean yeah. You know, to be that voice on the air, you know, that's just whatever, whatever else I accomplished in this life, just to say I was on 790 CFAN. I mean, that means to me, whatever else I could do in this life, I did it. I succeeded in what I wanted to do because that is what I wanted to do. And I'm glad I did. Well, you know, that's probably a perfect way to uh, end this off, Darren. And uh, I just want to thank you very much for uh, taking the time to, uh, you know, have this chat and, uh, reminisce about your days at CFAN and and again we'll have to do something again in the in the future and and reminisce more about radio and things like that but uh, thanks a lot for doing this it's it's always a pleasure to be able to get to uh work with you whether it's hey you know what mm-hmm. i think we're probably one of the few people to ever tag team remotes <laughs> at the same time yeah you remember that day yes i remember that i was at subway and you were where was it at Ray's, yeah, Ray's right. Trailer and Sports Center. Yeah. And if we, we tried that we, in the old days, it would mean the guy back at the studio would have, we'd have to hang up the phone. He'd have to dial somebody else, put them on, hang up. Hang up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you'd be, you yeah. turn into a, you, you turn into a total Les Nessman by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you know the WKRP reference. <laughs> oh, Jumpets, yes. I, I'm, if, if, if you're a fan of radio, WKRP in Cincinnati was your, was your TV show. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. I watched that religiously, and I kept thinking, you know, gee, 
that doesn't look anything like what we do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Darren McDonald, thank you very much for doing this. And uh, again, we'll have to uh, get together and uh, chat more about uh, radio down the road. But uh, thanks again. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, John. I appreciate doing this. It was great. Thank you to Darren McDonald for being my guest on episode 12 of the Johnny O Show. And make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on all major podcasting platforms, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or driveon.podbean.com. That's the website for this podcast. Once again, driveon.podbean.com. Once again, thank you to Jason Berry of Berry Tone Studios for the theme music that you're listening to. He is up for uh, Production Studio of the Year for the upcoming CCMA Awards. So good luck, uh, Jason, and let's bring home that trophy to Miramichi for the very first time. A big thank you to Jamie Alexander of the Downriver Music Festival for the Johnny O Show logo that you see on our Facebook page and as well the uh, logo that you see on your podcasting platform of choice. Make sure you follow the podcast Facebook page, Drive On Media, and share it with your friends. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Johnny O Show. Stay tuned as we uh, check in with folks who have worked at 790 CFAN for 99.3 The River, and we'll keep uh, going on with this series over the next few months. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Make sure you give us a like, a share, uh, and a comment on our uh, Facebook page and as well on your podcasting platform that you're listening to today. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you soon right here on The Johnny O Show. I'm John O'Shea. The Johnny O Show is a presentation of Drive On Media.